In the months since Joe Biden took office, the U.S.-Mexico border has seen the biggest surge of illegal crossings in decades, perhaps ever. Now, it's one thing to talk about a crisis of this magnitude, but I decided I needed to go down and actually see this with my own eyes. Coming up on this special edition of Hold the Line, I take you along on my recent trip to America's southern border and the crisis that's going on. Welcome to this special edition of Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. The Biden administration doesn't want you to know what's really happening. They, ha- they have absolutely no interest in raising public consciousness, letting the American people know and see what's happening at our southern border. In fact, they are actively making it more difficult. They are putting people in positions in the federal government where they cannot or will not speak to members of the press, even public affairs officers, even those whose jobs it is, is to speak to people about what's happening. They don't want people to know. So I went down there anyway. I said, I wanna know what's actually happening. Here are some of the things that you'll see in this special. One, the border is open. They can quibble, they can say, oh no, we're still turning some people back and there are some who are caught If you know the rules of the game, if you understand the loopholes, and the cartels do, there's the overwhelming likelihood of being able to cross illegally into the United States and stay as long as you abide by some rules, which we'll get into later on in the program. Some loopholes are exploited in all of this. A lot of this is happening at the Rio Grande, and we'll address why is it that some groups of illegal crossings Uh, surrender, and yet others go to remote areas of the border. Here's a hint, it's to extend Border Patrol resources and to make sure that it's impossible for them to do the counter-narcotics and national security mission, as well as dealing with the humanitarian crisis. Then there's the processing that's going on. We went to one of these facilities and saw that it is enormous in scale and not nearly big enough, entirely overcrowded. So they're going to build another one and more after that. This shows you, what we saw with our own eyes down there, shows you that this crisis will only continue on. In fact, the Biden administration plan is to continue with an expansion of the processing facilities because they know that until they deal with the incentives, this surge of illegal migrants will continue. And then I spoke to the chief of the Rio Grande sector. And you have to see this interview because he speaks about the need to institute consequences. As in, as long as people feel like they can cross the border and there won't be anything negative that happens, as long as they feel like they'll be taken care of and they'll stay in the United States, they will continue to do this. The expectation has to shift because the cartels are making money hand over fist hundreds of millions of dollars by just bringing hundreds of thousands of migrants into the United States illegally. They're not going to stop. It makes their business of narcotics easier as well. By creating this chaos, by creating this lawlessness at our own border, the cartels are more able to poison American cities with fentanyl, with cocaine, with heroin. In fact, much of the drug violence that we see where gangs are shooting at each other over turf, that's a direct result of the narcotics that they only have because of the flow from our southern border. 
it all ties in together. When you speak to the chief of the Rio Grande sector, as I did, chief border patrol agent, and he tells you that their resources are beyond overtaxed, that they've never seen it this bad, and that they're being told to watch what they say because the Biden administration is playing politics with all this and they will punish people who try to speak the truth. You know what's really going on here. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Biden White House doesn't view illegal crossing at our border, doesn't view all of the attendant lawlessness that comes from this process as a problem to be stopped. They view it as a flow to be managed continuously. They will not institute consequences. And that's why I went even further out into the hinterlands, if you will, of the border, over 90 minutes drive west of McAllen, Texas, in a place called Fronton, where I was sitting at a, uh, standing along with National Guard at an overlook point, and we could see through night vision goggles as the cartels were sending rafts across the border, and you could hear cartel gunfire in the distance from their ongoing drug war, and to send a reminder to everybody that as soon as you cross that border, as soon as you cross the Rio Grande and go south, they're in charge. They're calling the shots. With disastrous consequences for the migrant children and families who are coming up to the border, who are being trafficked by these savage cartels. Disastrous. Biden team has absolutely no means of handling this other than to try to suppress the truth. But we won't let them get away with that. We want you to see what's really happening. All right, after the break, I'll take you to the banks of the Rio Grande River with Border Patrol Union agent Chris Cabrera. Stay right there. Welcome back. The first stop during my trip to the southern border was the banks of the Rio Grande River, where human traffickers and drug smugglers alike deliver their illicit cargo right into U.S. territory. Here's what we saw. I'm joined by Chris Cabrera. He is of Border Patrol. He's with the Union. We're at the Rio Grande. This is the Rio Grande right behind, as you can see, major area for the trafficking of human beings and drugs. Chris, thanks so much for showing us what's going on here. Oh, thank you for, for coming down. So, so tell us just about how, how this area of operations works from the Border Patrol perspective and what some of the primary challenges are that, that all of you face. You know, we're, we're not too far from built-up areas here on our side. There's obviously uh, just a few miles south it's built up on the Mexican side. So this is a major uh, drug trafficking route, a human trafficking route. Um, just right here at these bends in the river, we, they bring people over in, in huge numbers and they have people watching us, seeing which way we're going, when we're pulling our boats out of the water, when we have agents in the area. They have people on, on the Mexican side watching and even people on the U.S. side that are watching our movements. So, so. so these are cartel lookouts, yeah. making sure that they know 
when there's uh, Border Patrol riverine operations yeah. going on and following where your resources are so they can try to go yeah, in the gaps. And, and we'll have people up in uh, just on the other side of the levee, there's a little town and people will be watching out for Border Patrol vehicles and people will come get smuggled in into that neighborhood and then from there further north and same with the drugs. Are you seeing in recent months a, a surge in activity in this in this sector, in this area particularly? Yeah, yeah um, you know, interestingly enough, where we were at the other day, uh, yesterday, there was a lot of people turning themselves in. That's about maybe two miles from here. Um, on, up, up, on this side, nobody's turning themselves in. These are all the people that are trying to avoid detection, and these are the ones that are, that are running. So it, it's kind of like night and day that here they're, they're trying to get away over there. They're just turning themselves so, in. So people that cross the river then from Border, uh, border Patrol perspective, they're not, they're not coming to surrender, right? No. If they're crossing the river, that's because cause they could just walk and surrender uh, as people have been doing in other spots along the border. So anyone who's crossing here, elevated likelihood that they're either they'd be a prohibited person yeah. even even with the illegal crossing uh beyond the illegal crossing or they're drug smugglers usually. yeah or, or they have or whether they're they're not uh subject to the remain in mexico policy maybe they have criminal convictions that wouldn't allow them to any of those benefits or or they they have some type of contraband on them and are you seeing the the border patrol being more stretched as a result of what's going on downriver in different places is that is that a yeah you know um you? you know downriver and upriver we're having folks turning themselves in and it's just little pockets in between that they're that that people are trying to get away but most of our people are tied up in the processing duties the transport duties um the non-enforcement duties and and that leaves less people less manpower in the field to deal with the the real threats that that are coming in and have people been unsuccessfully crossing and have there had to be uh, rescue operations yeah. going on here too as part of that. I mean, obviously you, you've got a river. I mean, what's the depth and, and what kind of current are people facing who are crossing uh, through through the water as opposed to showing up to surrender at a, at a land port? You know, at this area, the, the, the water looks nice and calm and peaceful, but it's actually under the surface. It, it moves pretty quick. The depth here, anywhere from 20 to 30 feet just in this area. Um, we have had people that, that have not made it, that we've we found them you know, people, people that have drowned here. right 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 around here in the corner on, on both sides of us and we've also had uh the, the smugglers will come across with a raft full of people and when they see our boats approaching they'll they'll dump the raft on purpose knowing that our our agents have a choice to either apprehend the, the smuggler or save the people and obviously we're going to go save the people so that that guy can get away what kind of a time frame when you see because i know that there are surveillance mm. uh, there's surveillance operations surveillance cameras all along the u.s side here of the rio grande when someone decides if they if they've set it up and they're going to cross uh, using a, a raft, any kind of boat, any kind of a craft, from from that side to this side, generally, what's the what's the time different? What's the time that it takes them to be on U.S. soil? And we can see right over here. I mean, this this, yeah. this is America, right next yeah. to us. Yeah, it's less than a minute to come across. They'll move real quick, and that's without a motor. That's just with a a paddle boat or pushing, uh, hanging onto some type of inner tube. But they can get across in less than a minute. A lot of times that, that raft or boat will be tied off to a, a truck on the Mexican side. So when our boats come down, they take off in that truck and it just zips it right back in there real quick. And the cartel is aware of where your your uh, assets, your amphibious assets for Border Patrol yeah. are pretty much at all times, right? Yeah. It's wide open, they can't can't hide on the river. Yeah, with us, I mean, you see we have these towers here that's watching the, the Mexican side for people trying to cross. Well, they have something similar. They, they have people up in the trees. And every you know half mile or so, there's you know half mile, quarter mile. There's people up in the trees at the bends watching us watch them. Is there anything that could be done here 
Uh, that would assist Border Patrol with the mission of, of further securing the river? Is just more surveillance assets? Are, are there barriers or just is, is there anything that could be done to, to help in that in that mission set? Well, you know, I, I think part of it is is fixing the the, the policies that, that right now are allowing so many people to turn themselves in because that pulls our manpower away. So if we had that manpower back, we'd have more manpower to concentrate areas like this. We'd be able to drop more boats in the water to uh, interdict people that are trying to come across or, or whatever they're trying to bring across, whether it's drugs or, or, or people. Chris, thanks so much. We'll have more from right here on the front lines at the border when we come back. Short on resources and stretched to their limits, the men and women of the U.S. Border Patrol are fighting a seemingly endless battle to stem the tide of adults and children illegally crossing into the United States. While I was down in Texas, I sat down with Chief Brian Hastings, who's the Chief Border Patrol agent for the Rio Grande sector, currently the busiest area for illegal border crossings. He gave us quite an overview. Here's what he had to say. We are in the busiest part of, of the sector, or busiest sector in Border Patrol right now. RGV sector accounts for about 30% of all Border Patrol apprehensions and encounters right now. As of yesterday, we went over 200,000 apprehensions and encounters for the year. What are you seeing primarily? Who's coming across and, and what, what are some of the demographic and, and origin percentages? Where are people coming from? Who's showing up? So, so far this fiscal year, um, for the most part, we have seen about almost 100,000 single adults, We've seen about 70,000 family members and we've seen over 27,000 unaccompanied children so far this fiscal year. Now the demographics or the breakdown for that is primarily we're seeing people from Honduras uh, followed by Mexico or followed by Guatemala rather and then Mexico and then El Salvador but it's important to remember those are the top four countries that we're seeing people cross illegally from however We've arrested people from up to 64 countries so far this fiscal year. And countries as far away as, I mean, when, when you're saying, you know, are they outside of this general vicinity? Are they coming from all over the globe? Yeah, we've, we've arrested uh, individuals from China, individuals from Russia, individuals from various countries, up to 64 countries so far this year. What has been the, the reason for the surge in so many more people coming, particularly in the unaccompanied minors and the family units? So the issue that we're having right now, especially with the unaccompanied uh, children that we're seeing crossover, is we, we really can't shut the valve off. So for Border Patrol, uh, we make the encounter or the arrest, and then we're dependent upon turning them over to Health and Human Services um, by law within 72 hours. So we are dependent upon turning those individuals, those kids, over within 72 hours. There has been such a high flow rate of kids up to 27,000 here in this sector alone that HHS cannot act fast enough to take those kids out, out of our custody. Now within the last couple weeks we've seen them stand up multiple facilities and they're starting to take the kids a lot quicker but still um, not to the flow rate that we're seeing on the border right now so we need HHS to act a little bit quicker. Um, we're only supposed to have that, those kids in our custody for 72 hours and a Border Patrol facility is, is no place to house kids beyond 72, 72 hours. What is the trend like for the last 90 days or so? Has, has it started to level off? Are we at a plateau? Or are you expecting that there's still going to be a greater increase month to month, this current month, for example, to last month? 
So last month, we, we saw over 62,000 apprehensions and encounters just last month in March. Um, so far this month, apprehensions are down a little bit, but the last 21, 21 days, for example, we've still seen about an average of 2,068 encounters or apprehensions per day. How many do you have in Border Patrol custody? How many uh, individuals, migrants, do you have in custody at, at any time? So, like I said, we, we were in a bad place, uh, if you would have looked back about two and a half weeks ago. We had, uh, we set up the Donna facility, the Donna facility, uh, we had up to almost 5,000 people in custody just in that facility alone. Of that, 3,700 were children. Um, as I said, HHS has done a great job in building some facilities and, and starting to move those kids out of our custody. But today we're still sitting at about 2,700 in custody and about 1,200 children still in our custody today. What are your expectations for the months ahead going into the summer? Is it likely that you'll see a, a bit of a drop-off? Could the numbers just continue with more crossing going on at night? What, what are the preparations and, and expectations you have? So we're still, we're not really seeing the numbers drop off. We, we hope uh, that, you know, we're hearing there's going to be talks with Mexico to try to encourage Mexico to, to patrol their southern border. Um, we're certainly hopeful that that curbs some of the, some of the migration that we're seeing here. Um, but our numbers have, you know, we have just continued to watch the numbers increase with, other than about the last week, there has been some drop off in the amount of numbers that we're seeing come across the border illegally. What does it mean for some of the other aspects of Border Patrol's mission dealing with uh, criminal uh, smuggling of drugs and, and other contraband to have to deal with the mission that you have right now, uh, which seems to be, is, is it fair to say this is the most you've ever dealt with for crossings in this sector? Is, is it an all-time high? It, it's an all-time high for us since we have been keeping the statistics or doing the electronic input of data. Uh, it is the highest numbers that we've seen. Um, but I think, you know, the most concerning were border, were border security experts. We are supposed to ensure secure national security. And the issue is we're, when we're dealing with the dynamic of, of the the tender age children that are coming across, children that are coming across, and families, um, we have to remain focused on the single adults, drug smuggling cartels. We're seeing a, a huge increase in the amount of fentanyl, the amount of cocaine, uh, the amount of heroin. We've got uh, about 80 pounds of heroin so far this fiscal year and almost 80 pounds of fentanyl. Uh, a little over 800 pounds of cocaine so far this year. Our meth numbers are high. Um, our criminal aliens are over 1,000. Uh, we've had over a thousand criminals that we have arrested that were prior, prior convicted in the U.S., deported, and have tried to enter again illegally. Uh, we've had over 114 sexual predators that we've apprehended so far this year, uh, and those those are concerning because of, of the threat that they have to the communities and wherever they're trying to go. So we're trying. It's important for us to know everyone that's crossing the border and make sure that there's no threat. Uh, some of those drug numbers that I mentioned and some of those uh, criminal criminal migrants that I mentioned as well, those are those are a threat to the community and national security. Do we have any sense of how much the cartel is benefiting from the current inflow uh, numbers in terms of what they're charging either per individual migrant they're taking across and, and what that might add up to in some for whichever cartel is in, is in direct control of these smuggling lines? So it's a, that's a good question. The most important thing I think that a lot of people don't realize is that you don't simply walk up to the border of the U.S. and Mexico and cross into the U.S. without paying a, paying a smuggler or paying a plaza fee. 
generally for the most part the the numbers what you pay is going to vary depends on where you're from depends on what type of smuggling event you're going to be involved in if it's by walking or by vehicle but generally the the price starts at about four thousand dollars per person and then goes up from there depending upon if you're going to be smuggled in a semi-trailer or if you're going to be smuggled in a car or if you're going to walk Um, but the important piece there is the smugglers control the plazas and they control the traffic that's coming through the u.s border so we're talking about at a minimum tens of millions maybe into the hundreds of millions of dollars going into cartel hands just for the human smuggling component of this that's correct what could be done to turn this flow back what could be done uh, from just a, a Border Patrol mission standpoint, given the challenges you're facing to, to handle these unprecedented numbers? So there has to be some type of consequence, um, be it uh, whether it's a, a fair and equitable quick asylum hearing or a fair and equitable uh, hearing, immigration hearing uh, or something. But we simply cannot let people uh, cross into the U.S. and, and let them go. Um, because that's that's just a pull factor for us. That just increases the amount of people that we're actually going to see come and, and try to cross into our border illegally. Uh, so there has to be a fair and equitable system, but there has to be consequences. Uh, you have to be able to return those that don't belong or have, have broken the law or have you know don't have a right to remain in the U.S. Chief Hastings, really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. With thousands of migrant children filling it beyond capacity, the Customs and Border Facility in Donna, Texas, has become emblematic of the heartbreaking reality of our crisis at the southern border. While media access to the facility is heavily restricted and controlled, I met up once again with spokesman for the National Border Patrol Council, Chris Cabrera, to see the reality on the ground firsthand. We're at the Donna facility here in McAllen, Texas. 
we've got HHS and Border Patrol equities at play here. Tell us, what are we looking at behind us? Yeah, at first it was, uh, it was the, this, these buildings in the back were just, it was just Border Patrol. That's where we were housing people, processing them until we could move them on to the next facility. And then it got overcrowded. HHS didn't have enough space for anybody. So then HHS started building in this same area with more tents so that we can move people from basically one tent to another from Border Patrol custody to HHS and then they get separated or moved out. So just explain the, the, the chain of custody or how it works. So we're right near the border. Mm. Border Patrol will pick up people, minors and, and adults, so juveniles yeah. and adults. They'll all be moved here. How does that process then work? What's, yeah. what's going on behind us? Usually what happens out in the field, uh, they'll, they'll determine uh, who's going where. In this facility, we'll get unaccompanied. Um, unaccompanied children and then family units that, that have children under a certain age that are going to be released into the country. So everybody that comes through here is getting released into the country at some point. Um, and then from here, they'll, they'll go to different um, uh, places, whether it's over to HHS until they can find them something more permanent in a HHS facility, or they'll go straight from here to the airport or the bus station and be released into the country. And what kind of processing goes on? Why are some people held for days, sometimes even weeks. What's the delay? Well, you know, the um, the, the processing on the Border Patrol side, uh, we think we have a 72-hour limit. Most of the time we're done 24 to 48 hours. So the processing our, on our end is, is is on time. What happens, what has been happening in is HHS isn't, isn't doing their side of it and they're not taking the people quick enough because they don't have the facilities. So that just creates a backlog on our area. So where we have um, space for say 500 to 700, now we have 5,000 or 6,000 because the, the front end of it is not doing their part. About how many individuals are in this Donna facility at any one time? I, I don't know about the HHS side, but the, the, the Border Patrol side, between lately four or 5,000. So there's at least thousands then likely on the, in the HHS most side. Most likely, well, yeah. Most likely. And, and is this the biggest or one of the biggest facilities or the larger facilities? I, I think this is the biggest right now. Um, I, I think one of the issues we're running into is we're the only agency that, that, that doesn't have a no vacancy sign. So when other agencies close the doors because they're already at capacity, Border Patrol doesn't have that, that luxury. When people come in, we have to take them and we have to process them. And that, that's, where it's, that, that's where it's bogging down. Is there any plan to expand even beyond this? Or are there concerns that the flow may actually exceed even what the expansion here at the Donna facility can handle? Well, you know, the, the flow has already exceeded. <laughs> this part right here, we're already well over capacity, two or three times capacity. I think they are planning on opening up other places throughout the, the country, whether it's soft-sided facilities like this or, or more of a uh, you know, conventional brick and mortar type building. What kind of COVID protocols are in place for the migrants that are held in this facility? Do we have any sense of that? Is everyone being tested? Are people being yeah. tested before they're let into the interior of the United States? Well, you know, I think that's kind of the, uh, depends on who you ask. If you ask the administration um, or up in DC, yeah, there's, there's COVID protocols. If you actually go in there and you see an area that's designed for say 50 to 80 people and they have 500 in there. So they're, they're, the COVID protocols aren't being followed just because there's not enough space in there. Um, we are, well, Border Patrol doesn't test, but before they go into ICE or HHS custody, they test them at that point and they won't get released if they have a positive test. However, there are some people that have been exposed and yet, even though they tested negative, they're, they're still being released. And so the expectation for the, you know, the administration keeps saying that they're gonna, they're gonna handle this. 
we're down here right now, as I'm speaking to you, the president has not been down here, the mm. vice president has not yet visited here. Do, do we have any sense, have, have, has the uh, administration shared with the rest of the executive branch that's handling this problem what they expect to change between now and say this summer to handle this problem better? Do we have any sense of what the plan is? Yeah, from, from, from my understanding, I haven't heard anything. Not to say that it hasn't taken place, but we haven't heard it down here. And I think if, if they want to get this thing fixed by summer, I think somebody needs to get down here and take a look because uh, it, it, it's bad. And it's only, it's only something that unless you see it, you can't begin to, to comprehend the magnitude of what we're dealing with. It almost looks like a small city that's being built here with these massive yeah. these facilities that, that are going up. Is This is the most you've ever seen? Yeah, by far, yeah, by far. I've been here almost 20 years and I've never seen it this busy. And on top of that, before in the, in the Border Patrol, you would have one or two problem areas in a sector um, and just one sector was dealing with, with something that was you know insurmountable. Um, now we're having large chunks of, of the country um, uh, Texas is having problems in two or three places. Arizona's having problems. New Mexico's having problems. California's having problems. So it's not just a, a local problem anymore. It's, it's just spread. And we know that there are a lot of migrants who are coming in from the Northern Triangle countries, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador. But you've also said uh, when we've been discussing what's going on, that there are people coming from countries that are all over the world. Yeah. Romania, China, Sri Lanka. Well, yeah. Where are you seeing surges in terms of uh, population numbers of people coming from? You know, right now we are seeing a surge in uh, in people from Romania. I know throughout the patrol we're seeing a, a good chunk of, uh, of, of some Haitians, uh, Cubans. We're seeing a lot of Cubans here as well. And then we have some South American countries like uh, Venezuela and Nicaragua that we're seeing. Um, but it's not just it's not just uh, Central and South America anymore. It's coming from all over the world. Are there unaccompanied minors coming from some of those countries? Or are they all single adults that are trying to use this period of a particularly challenging situation at the border to get in? And what, what we've seen is we've seen uh, single adults and family units. We've seen uh, adults with children coming through. I, I, I haven't seen them. I haven't seen them personally if there were unaccompanied children, but I know we are seeing uh, uh, family units from some of these exotic countries. And is your expectation just going into the next, let's say, 60 to 90 days that there will be this number? I mean, we're seeing unprecedented numbers, obviously. You've told me they're already well beyond capacity these facilities. Is this likely to just increase? Is, yeah. there, is there a lull in the summer, then an increase in the, in the fall? How does... With, with something like this, it's not your traditional uh, migrant traffic where people are coming to work. Um, people are coming in and, and they're claiming asylum, so it has nothing to do with, with them actually coming in to, to work in the fields or, or, or any of that. So it, unless the administration does something or, or DHS does something to, to put a stop to it, which it doesn't look like they, they have any plans to, we're going to continue to see the, these huge, huge numbers. People say things like the border is open, there's a crisis down here. How do you react to that? Uh, it, absolutely right. It, it, it's been open for a while. Um, and, you know, the, the thing is, is, is we knew it was coming. You know, once they, they, they started uh, talking about pulling these policies uh, off the table, we knew something was coming and unfortunately nothing was put in to to take that place to, to catch the, the backflow that was going to come from removing these policies. What would stop, given your over 20 years doing this, what would stop the inflow uh, that we're seeing right now, or at least lessen it dramatically as a policy? Uh, mandatory detention, mandatory removal. Um, you know, if you want to do some type of immigration reform, which arguably I think most people think that's needed, um, you can do that, but not until after you secure the border. 
Um, if, if you start the, the um, re immigration reform while the border is still open, by the time you finish the reform, more people have come in. So the only way to get to that reform is to secure the border and then start from there. Chris Cabrera of the Border Patrol Union, thanks so much. Man. Really Thank you. It. We'll have more with the first TV down at the border when we come back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's easy to forget that the crisis at the border is in large part a humanitarian one. Tens of thousands of children, through no fault of their own, arrive at our southern border tired, hungry, and afraid, sent there by adults. These souls, who have often traveled for over a month to get here, arrive in need of care and love. Thankfully, there are organizations that are doing their part to help. During my trip with the founder of one such organization, we got you this footage from right as the crossings are happening. I'm joined by Victor Marks. He's the founder of All Things Possible, uh, founder and president. We're right here in the Rio Grande Valley. It's about midnight. Looking to see what's going on. Victor, thanks so much for, for bringing us you out bet. here. Yeah. What, what, what are we expecting tonight? What are we going to be seeing? Well, there's a continuous flow of migrants coming across the border, which right behind us is the, the river. And uh, since we rolled up here, I think you'll have footage of a little bit of fireworks over there. Yeah, we heard some of the cartel gunfire right as we yeah. as we set up here. That that's something that just occurs right across the river. We got National Guard folks. We've got Border Patrol. A lot of security on this side. That side is Mexico. So yeah, and it's cartels fighting it out. And that's one of the things that I think people need to know at home is that this immigration crisis, which it is, is it's caused by the cartels, and um, plus the policy that's been enacted by DC, you know, on a federal level that really encourages people to come. And um, that I think one of the things like our organization deals with is trafficking, human or child trafficking and sex trafficking. The, the, the danger, and it's happening right now, is that they will allow adults to come into our country as long as they have a child. So they will buy, snatch, bring children just to get a, uh, it's really like a passport. They they get a free in if they get a kid. And what kind of role does the cartel play in the smuggling operations that we're seeing going on right here? Yeah, uh, they are. You can't cross that river without going through the cartel. They, they control it depending on which one. And it is a very lucrative business. And again, they know what they're doing. Uh, and a lot of times with the flow of so many people, I mean, last night, a few hundred people that cross right here in this sector uh, and there's a couple of thousand crossing every night uh, have, have you seen someone with the wristbands Bob we've oh, seen those yeah. reports before so they have the wristbands so they've, they've paid for the, the plaza fee or the you know the, the trafficking fee to get across yeah and it's it's very structured and organized and uh, it's it's data driven 
it's it's more organized than people can imagine at home uh, and it will affect folks so if somebody's watching from California to New York when they come here they're processed and they're released and sometimes flown to different cities uh, around the country so believe me there it, it, it will affect people and it is uh, where they are right now. It doesn't have to be just on the border. Now tell me what your group all things possible What what you do here? What what brings you down to the border? Yeah, we uh, We we got here with the hopes of trying to help women and children Were being brought across and the deal so many of them travel. I mean we've met families moms uh, Caring kids who've traveled a month and a half to get here. So once they're here, they do need care. They need hope they need love. We've been seeing some of, of the migrant flow yeah. over the last 24 hours. You have very young children. I mean, some are, are infants in the, in the care of adolescent family members. Uh, yeah. Very, very, so you have young children in the care of other children. Once they get to this side, what yeah, is all things possible? What, what are you doing to help out? We're meeting them with our team and providing water, snacks, just to get them something. And then what we call a lion and the lamb, you know, again, there's a lot of trauma that happens and fear. So we're actually giving uh, little stuffed animals their trauma toys that have music specific to lowering anxiety, as well as prayers to help children fill at ease. And you can see it when we give it to them. Uh, some of them will start crying, some will start smiling because we're greeting them with hope. Uh, and we've done this all over the world, uh, especially in the Middle East. We saw how well this trauma toy works. Have you ever seen numbers like this no. at the southern border before? No, n not at all. This is, uh, that's one of the reasons why we're out here, to be able to show firsthand what we've seen uh, to our constituents and followers on social media. Uh, it's beyond what people can imagine. And are there no forest characters? Absolutely. Are they still running drugs? Absolutely. And that affects our country. I mean, we talked about it earlier, the number of ODs. Uh, the deaths in America because of drugs that are being smuggled in, people need to take that serious. That's that's the huge threat. It's amazing just to stand where we are with the, the overlook behind. We can see Mexico across the Rio Grande. Yeah. You have children being smuggled in large numbers yeah. by the cartel. You have cartel gunfire in the background, the, the ongoing cartel war happening right there. We can hear it. You can see the city. You've also got, in this same sector, drugs flowing in. It seems like this is the biggest, at least domestic, national security issue in the country right now. It is, but I would say uh, on the federal level, everything's real quiet. Everything's shut down here. And you have good, really good men and women working the front lines. But the problem is it's, uh, it, it's shut down as far as communication and media. Uh, for some reason, the federal government doesn't want the American people to know just how bad it is. Yeah, we're, we're coming up against that too. They're definitely closing doors all over the place. Yeah. Appreciate your work and thanks so much for bringing us out here to show us what's really going on. I'm glad you came out. All right, that's all the time we have for this special edition of Hold the Line. I'd like to thank Chris Cabrera, Chief Brian Hastings, and Victor Marks for sharing their time and expertise and getting us a really important view of this crisis. Thanks for joining us. Shields High. You know how to book flights and hotels. 
all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.